So welcome to our next podcast in our series. I think we've got over 30 podcasts that we've done, Bill. And uh, I'm Mark Edmonds, sitting here with my fellow podcaster, Bill Winter. Afternoon, Bill. Hello, Mark. And uh, yes, this is our second one for the day. Second one for the day. Glorious sunny day. That's right. And we've branched out and we've actually gone to sunny Ipswich in Queensland. And uh, we're testing the technology that we have, and it seems to be working fine. So, well, let's see how we go. So, on the line with us today is Peter McMahon. Tell us about Peter, Bill. Yeah, well, welcome, Peter, by the way. Good to, good oh. to connect with you. Thank you. Good. Well, well, Peter and I go back quite a way, actually. I, I was trying to work it out. I think we probably first met in the late 60s or early 70s, sometime like that. Because by coincidence, our fathers or our parents owned soft drink companies. And uh, we had one here in in Victoria and Peter's father had McMahon's Soft Drinks in Ipswich, which is a famous name, certainly around that area. And over the course of the journey, as we all know, things have changed and we've, um, we've been through all sorts of issues since the 1970s. And right now, Peter is the owner of the Peter McMahon Learn to Swim or centres, or I think, Peter, officially they're called the Swim Factory. Is that correct? Correct. We call the Swim Factory Australia. We're expanding. Oh, good. What? You, you, well, we'll get you a passport and you'll get over the border. <laughs> you'll be right. No, but... Um, they do allow me into Victoria sometimes. Well, that's right. Uh, just as an aside... Um, Peter has joined, is it called the Shark Bait Club down in Lawn? Yes, at Lawn. Uh, I've done my 20th Peter Pub race at Lawn, which was my old surf club when I was in Melbourne, which we'll get to my my background of having spent some time in that great city of Melbourne. That's right. Uh, anyway, you've had a lifelong history with sport and swimming over the years. And um, when circumstances came about and you and your brother assumed um, the ownership and the management of the soft drink company, it actually morphed into much bigger things where you got to a point where it was time to change direction and that's why you are now, I guess, running these uh, swim centres and you've got two uh, on the go in Ipswich and I know they're very successful and that the focus really is on teaching people to swim, which is such an important part of it. So, Peter, where where did your journey begin? Well, I, I was born in Ipswich. Um, to a uh, Queenslander through and through. And, and, and to make it worse, uh, my goal is to die in Ipswich, but not, <laughs> this, but not this week if I can help it. <laughs> now, I, I, I was a war baby. Um, my parents were uh, the local soft drink manufacturer, which in those days there was a number of them, um, which is a bit of a... A long, less more than twenty-minute type talk, but about myself. Uh, I went to primary school uh, in the local Christian Brothers. Um, then I sort of uh, in grade seven, I went on to a place called Nudgy College, which is a rather famous uh, Christian Brothers sporting school, very famous for its rugby uh, students. But uh, my speciality was swimming. Scholastically, uh, you know, was so-so, um, but on the swimming world, um, I, I, that was my special. I just always had a natural ability to swim well. Uh, in 
1960, I trialled for the Rome Olympics. And for anyone that doesn't know when the Rome Olympics was, it was in 1960. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and um, I went to, um, but I didn't get to Rome. Um, however, uh, in my speciality, butterfly. Um, uh, we, but sorry, go back to Nudgee College uh, after that. I did a, I went to the U University of Queensland. I promised to, um, and after that, or during, even during it, I actually uh, worked, started work with a company called Arthur Anderson Co., who were one of the big four yep. in that era. They don't exist anymore, anymore now, but um, we had a, had a year in the Brisbane office, and then I went on to Melbourne and had two years down there. Uh, I found that it wasn't my cup of tea as regards because in those days we started as auditors and uh, it wasn't my world. Um, but I then uh, thought that I go overseas. I spent two years in London, but all the time my father was nagging me to come back and join the business, yep. which um, in itself, uh, the, the Bill Winters and I learned and accepted that was the way of life. I would never propose that to any of my children. Um, from my point of view, they go out and find their own feet. And if they wish to come and join me, they can. But that's not as though it's something that I, I reflect on. But it's the way of life that took place in those days. Um, so I came home from London in 1968 uh, and joined the family firm. Uh, like Bill's business at, uh, in Geelong, um, uh, we were very powerful in the local area. Um, we did something quite different to a lot of other people, but uh, in those days, home delivery was an accepted way of life. Um, through, uh, we expanded into the 70s, into Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, and we became the second largest home delivery operator. But we also were... Um, uh, involved in servicing the local corner store, hotels, sporting activities. So we, we virtually sold to Ipswich. And that that was a conflict at times, some retailers, the shopkeepers. And remember, in that era, the corner store was very yep. significant. Uh, that we, we were selling drinks to the shop and then delivering across the road in opposition to them. <laughs> um, but we got away with it. So, Peter, um, from, from that background in, in soft drinks, uh, and that was quite a while, a while ago for both of us, I guess, is that what was the, I guess, the issue um, that made you gut out the old soft drink factory and put a swim centre in the middle of it? Well, I suppose just one little section, Bill, of my life was in 1974... We had uh, five and a half metres of water through our back warehouse. Yep. And as a result of that, we ended up, through the help of the state government, build a new facility at our local industrial estate. So the old factory became just a warehouse. Um, and at the end, of, we had sort of got into bed with a, uh, a national company, of which um, uh, I finally made a decision I'd break away in 1989, um, we adventurously went into a brewery making brewed soft drinks as well as uh, cider. And um, 
the GFC had come in and after our market research telling us great, it, it was a dud. We had the best product you could ever have, but no bugger wanted to buy it. So we really had to close it down, virtually fearful of losing everything, but we we got ourselves out of that problem. But um, then Sir Peter McMahon was 48, had a commerce degree. They had a use-by date of 15 years, and I applied for jobs, and I couldn't get one. So I sort of used to swim with a good friend, and he said, oh, you should get in to learn to swim. And I did it for 12 months, or sorry, for a summer at my family pool, where I learned I could communicate with kids. And then the decision was made to open up in the old warehouse, which was known as the, the old factory, and we came, we changed it to the swim factory. Uh, we uh 30 years uh, this year um, that we've been there, and uh, you know, people ask how many kids we put through, but we'd have to put in between 50 to 70,000 wow. kids over the time, um, which you know, from babies right through to adults, uh, but. The main area of teaching is from babies through to about the age of seven or eight. Um, five, eight years ago, uh, we expanded into uh, an eastern section of Ipswich called Springfield, which is a massive growth area. Yep. And we have a, a specialized swim school where the old factory was just a warehouse with above ground pool. It's very functional, not quite the most... Uh, uh, modern in its own way, but it's functional. Um, and then Springfield has opened up and we currently are doing something in the order of about 2,000 kids a, a week through that. It's quite enormous. Um, so, 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 Peter, the if how long have you been running the swim schools for? Uh, it's 30 years. 30, 30 years. years. So if uh, we went back 40 years, did you ever envision that that's where it would be? That, so Bill and I often no. talk about tipping points and sliding door um, moments where you go one um, way and do another, and you've had that, obviously, with the uh, yeah. the floods. Um, we we um, go back to your 40 years, 40, 45, maybe 60. <laughs> when we when we moved to Wukaraka, we had great ambitions because um, uh, I, I shall add one thing. In the early 70s, the world changed outside. Um, what was um, uh, the corner store? Uh, firstly, in our local area, Woolworths opened a certain suburb, Coles opened up at another yeah. warehouse. Uh, also, um, the um, women went back to work because in those days, earlier days, anyone in the in the public service had, if they got pregnant, they had to, well, no, they got married. They had to sort of go finish up their job. They all started going back to work. And on top of that, um, AGCs of the world came along and people were able to buy more cars. Yep. So people were a lot more mobile uh, and therefore they were far more attracted to go to the likes of Woolworths, Coles, Jack the Slasher, Franklin's, you name it. And what was our original market was drying up. And so at the new swim school, sorry, the soft drink factory, we went into canning, into one-way packaging, but then suddenly you were competing directly against the big boys, yep, the yep. Coke, Swepses, and so on. And uh, we were highly undercapitalized, highly undercapitalized, and was always hand to mouth. Uh, and, if, and if you sort of identify that 40 years, we did relatively well. Uh, but 
in hindsight, it wasn't the future. Yeah. And by, by the end of the 80s, uh, we were tied up with a company which sort of was probably the third biggest manufacturer, but had sort of a very questionable reputation, and I just wanted out. Yep, yep. Well, Peter, you're sorry, Mark. You've you've branched into other things, and I know swimming's still in your blood. And yep. you got we mentioned the pier to pub before, and you try and make it down here every year. But I also know that you do a number of uh, ocean swims around the world, and yes. you're, you've yes. sw- you've swum in a in ocean competition in in many companies uh, countries yes. everywhere. Uh, yep. So outside of work. Um, What's your involvement in swimming now, personally? Uh, no, I. Sorry, well, no. This morning was Rotary. Yesterday morning, I did two k. Uh, look, uh, the body's got slower, but uh, just guide a bit. I've done ocean swims. I've done the Alcatraz swim in San Francisco. Oh, wow. uh, I've done a swim called the Dauphin de Monte Cristo, which is uh, in Marseille. A swim from a island. If you've ever read the account of Monte Cristo, he yeah. was in prison an island called Chateau Deep, and uh, it's a 5K ocean swim. Uh, I've done the Dardanelles swim, which is just on the other point of where the where uh, Gallipoli is. Yep. Uh, that's a 6.4K swim. Um, there is a bit of cheating in that because the Bosphorus uh, flows down from Black Sea, probably with a few Russian submarines, <laughs> and um, the current is quite good. So uh, in... It's 6.4K, but you swim across and you get in the current and it propels you along. Um, I've done another swim in Italy uh, called the Copper Byron Swim. Reportedly, Lord Byron did it back in the mid-80s, uh, <laughs> something I think is bullshit. Um, but, uh, it was 7.5K. That's the furthest I've ever swam, swam 7.5K. So in these oceans, in these ocean swims, Peter, you're you're on your own with your thoughts. What do you think about? What's what's your what's your focus? What do you think uh, to motivate no, yourself? No, well, actually, can I just talk about the um, the, the Italian swim? This is the yeah. Copper Byron. Um, uh, when you're in Europe in summertime, France, Italy, you can buy buckets of mussels, and I suddenly found as I was swimming across. There was a big groin about 2K long and had all these ropes down. <laughs> it was where the muscles were growing. <laughs> so probably impregnate this rope. So I had 2K of observing muscles grow. Um, look, uh, to go back to, so I have to say swimming uh, probably is the most boring sport if you really think about it. All you're doing is following the black line. Um, how do I occupy time? Firstly, you're counting laps. But secondly, uh, I've been attempting to learn French for the last 50 years. I will never get a job in the diplomatic service. <laughs> um, so it is sort of where I sort of tried to do vocabulary of just in French. Uh, so um, you just got to take your mind somewhere else. But you, you've still got to be conscious of where you're swimming, um, uh, whether, particularly in ocean swimming, because you don't have the black line. Yep. And uh, you just putting your head up to concentrate that you're on a straight line to wherever you're swimming to. You, you do have black sharks, right? You can count yeah. them as, as they go by. <laughs> no, you grab them by the teeth and throw them away. Listen, I know that you've – we spoke about floods before and I know you're, you're, 
your soft drink company uh, has got some famous photos in the press in yep. in Queensland because it was devastated and soft drink crates and pellets floating down the river. Uh, yep. But you also suffered, in recent times, you suffered from floods again when your whole uh, swim factory was inundated. We, we've had two occasions. Uh, 2011, we had three and a half metres through the place. Um, and um, uh, our, our water, sorry, um, our floods are river water. Uh, oh, sorry, all floods are river water. That's silly. Uh, uh, but we, the river, that was really devastating because that put us out for about two weeks. Um, but just re- recently in February, we had a metre of water through our place. I repeat, I said we have above ground pools, so we're fortunate none of the water got into there. But we've got a bit of experience where the, the river flooding, you've got at least a six-hour warning of when it's coming. And um, we were I made the call on the Saturday morning. Uh, we were lucky enough to get a truck with a container on. And we had all this staff because Saturday morning's our busiest day. We had no customers coming in because they were more sensibly staying home. And uh, we just evacuated our premises uh, as much as we can, computers, desks, whatever, within two hours. Um, the uh, subsequent effect was that we, obviously the buildings, and we only just, uh, they, the toilets, change rooms, offices, and so on, we can't protect them. And uh, that, that sort of put us back for about a, a week of trading. Uh, but um, the one good thing about this particular flood was it wasn't the water didn't come direct from the river, came under the stormwater drains. Wow. And so there was virtually no mud and no debris. Uh, and if you go back to build to the 74 flood, the, the one thing that you just remember is the stench of the smell of the mud. The stench is just terrible. And Peter, as, as a you know, lots of businesses in, in the similar situation around Ipswich or Lismore in New South Wales, etc. How do you yeah. go about, have you got insurance? Are you insured or is it just so uh, astronomical? I, I do not. I'm with the most lucky, lucky people. Um, I'm talking about this year. Uh, in the 2011 flood, we didn't have any insurance. Um, but this one uh, rang our broker. Yes, you're f- fully covered for a flood. Um, and excess of $250. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I don't believe they put our postcode into the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait for the renewal next year, but that, let's not go there. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, to help you out, uh, because it, this case hasn't been finalised, that'll be next year. This year, I've, we still are currently no flood, but we've still got flood cover. Yeah, that's, that's uh, good. That's, and, and did COVID affect you too, Peter? With, with a... Yes, yes. That, that really, uh, well, sorry, as regards our day-to-day business, um, probably not as bad as you guys down your end, but uh, we were closed for about five months. Um, uh, and, and what we have to say is um, thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister, for JobKeeper yep. uh, was our saving grace plus some capital contribution um, we um, and 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 it also enabled us to keep our staff uh, nice. around. I mean, sure, we would have lost a few, um, and and they came in and helped us with cleaning. You know, it was an opportunity to do lots of maintenance work. Yep. Um, uh, there was a few that didn't comply, um, so they're just not with us anymore. Um, 
So, um, uh, but, uh, and, and financially, we probably came off better as regards the government funding. But in the next breath, it is not the way you run a business. No, That's no, all. Exactly right. And how are you going for staffing at the moment, Peter? There's lots of cries um, that everything's I, hard. Can I, can I just say that as of this morning, uh, we're doing well. Um, we do have a HR lady who is recruiting, but our our type of staffing is more uh, um, secondary grade 11, grade 12 kids dash uni students. Um, and they we, we seem to be able to pick the right people because the uni students, um, we, we, we feel very fortunate to have them. Uh, they come along as young people. 90% of my staff are females, by the way, mm-hmm. um, which is another subject in its own right. Uh, but uh, they do so much for us and we do so much for them. The worst part is at the end of three to four years when they get their piece of paper, they um, they leave us and we end up with having to start again. Yeah. But uh, one great thing that I have to say that uh, I would have at least 15 staff that are working for me that I've had for over 10 years. Wow. Uh, would have at least, I have one that's started with me 30 years ago. Um, uh, uh, had three others, 20, and a number of them are 15 years. Um, so we're, it, we're very, that's very unique, I consider. Um, now, not all our staff are full time, uh, they're, yep. they're on a casual basis. We, same as the uni students, we work around their terms. So uh, we're probably accommodating. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, our pays, they we averaging $30 uh, an hour, um, So I, which we consider is pretty good in the general um, casual way. They're all going to be qualified. Um, you know, they have to sort of get a, an OSWIM equivalent. Um, they're going to have their blue card, CPI, CPR, yep. Yep. Uh, and so on. So, you know, it's, they do have to have a standard and also be trained by us. Yep. All right, Peter, going forward now for, say, in the next two years, what yep. what do you believe are your biggest frustrations in, in running a two-centre uh, swim business? Oh, uh, okay. Well, firstly, Bill, uh, by this time, let, let's say this time next year, we'll have three more new swim schools. Wow. Uh, so um, we, we do have some ambition. Um I am very fortunate I have a quality general manager who is also a shareholder. Um, and um, we're very fortunate because there is a massive growth occurring in our local area. Our city um, has grown from, say, 180,000 10 or 4 years ago. We're probably at about 280 now. We're going to about 400,000 within the next sort of 10, 15 years. Um so the, the opportunity of sort of satisfying um, what we do and the great thing about growth is generally the young people. By the way, there's lots of people coming from Victoria up here because the price of housing is yes. relatively cheap. Yeah, well, um, we, we're, not, we're not quite there yet, but we'll let you know because I'll do my, my instructor training and I know where to go for a job. <laughs> Right. Now, Peter, just hey, be, be, Bill, Bill can, you, can you swim first? Can oh, you swim? I think I think I can. Um, <laughs> look, before we wind up, I just want to make uh, another comment, uh, Mark. Uh, 
part of Peter's background is his heavy involvement in Rotary uh, at a very high level and as chair of a the local hospice in um, Ipswich, which I think you've been chair for too long from what I read. Yes. But no, well, I, I'm, I'm out of it now. So, oh, but, I, well, I, but for all of those efforts, I congratulate you on being awarded an OAM for all that uh, work you've done in giving back to your local com- community. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Peter, but, thank, you, thank you very much for your time today. Can I, I, can I say one thing? Yes, please. Because for more Bill's uh, involvement, um, we got out of the soldering game 30 years ago. Um, there's a gentleman outside of Toowoomba rang me one day to say he wanted these soft drinks made. He's a local little tiny soft drink. I said, go away. <laughs> However, our brand, the same as Noddy's would be in, in Geelong, um, we have had the last two years, three years, a run of our two, two flavours, Susprella and a thing called Anything. And for hospice, we've raised over something like about $80,000. We've sold it as pre- it's only a Christmas sort of run, and uh, we've sold it at a premium price, and all the profits go towards hospice. So I feel very proud of putting that together. We've probably got about one or two years to go, and it might fade. That's that's so, fantastic. That's my last story. So thank you very much, Peter. I've I've really enjoyed listening to your story, and and who would have thought there's a connection between soft drink and swim schools? But there you go. You've you've developed it and made it work. So. So, but I, I um, as Bill and I have talked time and time again, we used to walk up and down alley aisles of Woolworths and Coles checking prices. I don't go near the soft drink stores anymore. <laughs> so wish you all the best for the future. Thank you for your time today. And thank you, Peter. Great talking to you. And we'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Catch thank up. you. Bye.